0: Hello and welcome to March Mental Health Mondays, a weekly podcast released every week in March where I'm going to invite different clients onto the podcast to share their own mental health story and how exercise and being part of Team JR Fitness has helped improve their mental health. Episode 1 is going to include my good friend and client Lauren. Talking to me about my own mental health experiences and the anxiety and insecurities I faced when starting my personal training business. So, Lauren, let's take it away.
1: Hello, sir, I do look very very much forward to sharing my stories with you next week in Lauren the next podcast. Um, but for today, we're just going to talk about Jen and how she got into her personal training and kind of what difficulties and encounters she faced. So, Jen. Um. (laughs) Um, How did you decide to become a personal trainer and what kind of
0: led you to it? Um, I've always been very sporty um, with regards to sort of ever since I was five years old I've been playing football in school I was in all of the sports teams so you know playing tennis doing rounders cross country, swimming pretty much everything other than netball really Mm -hmm. Um, and I've played sport throughout my life and it's something that I used to share with my granddad who I was very close to he used to really enjoy taking me to like after school clubs um to do with like football and and stuff like that so it's something that I've always had with me sport it's always been a solid fabric in my life um and then when I was 15 my football team folded And obviously when you're 15, I'd have sort of regional trials, Essex County trials, that sort of thing. And I always knew of all of the sports that football for me was like my main sport. I really enjoyed athletics. I competed regionally um, and I really enjoyed playing and coaching tennis. But football for me was always a sport. And looking back now, I regret giving it up at 15 because at the time I said to myself, I'll just find another team. But I never did. Because at that time in my life, I was surrounded by people that didn't play football. So my friends at school were into their music, a bit like emo type people, really. So I never did. And it is a regret that I carry now to this day. Because, you know, if I'd have stuck at it in those four years I didn't play, I'd be a lot better now. So I think it's really the reason I decided to become a personal trainer is because sport has always been like a constant in my life. Even the four years where I didn't play football, I've watched it, always been a big watcher of sport. I enjoy watching the Olympics and I enjoy what sport does for like mental health. Mm -hmm. I think it has such a huge impact on people's mental health. Like for me, going to the gym is as natural for me to do as brushing my teeth or having a shower in the morning. Like It's something that I just don't question. But there's some days where I don't feel like going but I always make sure that I do it. And I know it's super easy to kind of, oh, yeah, of course, you do, you're you a PT. But, like, PTs aren't always motivated. But I've just always been disciplined with it. Mm-hmm. So I think, yeah, just having a sporty background has sort of led me to the career that I'm currently in. So you say you like coaching and you like
1: sport and you love mm-hmm. to be involved in sport. But you didn't always mm. work or have... Mm. The ambition, not ambition, but the, the pathway to work yeah. in
0: sports. So what? It's been quite a topsy-turvy sort of pathway. Yeah. To get so you where went I I to
1: uni. So tell me a bit about uni.
0: I went to university, um, and like I said, I gave up playing football at around 15, and I just stopped playing. Didn't join another football team. And before that, I'd always been super sporty. So you know, I took GCSE, PE, but I didn't do it at A level because, as I say, at this point, I didn't play as much sport. I just watched it on the TV. Um, So, college-wise, I did politics, English and law. So, very academic subjects. Mm -hmm. And don't get me wrong, I enjoyed them at at college, but I didn't so much enjoy them. I decided to do law because of all the subjects I did at college, it was the one that I enjoyed the most. So, I I decided to do a degree in it. But As a lot of people come to realise, doing something at college is very different to studying it at uni for three years. Mm -hmm. And I didn't enjoy it. the only reason I look back now and I can truthfully say the only reason I stuck at uni was because I joined a football team. Mm -hmm. So I felt like I was now surrounded by... I didn't care what people thought of me. Like, at school, I stopped playing sport because my friends didn't play and I was worried about what they'd think of me. But at uni, you don't really have those same sort of cliques, I don't think, in my opinion. And I joined a football team... And particularly in my first and my second year, they were almost like a little family. Like, I spent more time with my football teammates on like nights out or going to the pub after lectures and watching the football um, or doing the pub quiz every Tuesday. I spent more time with them than I did my course mates. So I just had more of a bond with them. And in my third year at uni, I became captain. And literally all my week, you wouldn't even think I was at uni doing a degree. You'd think I was just there on like a sports scholarship. Like, yeah. I literally. Spent probably less than eight hours a week attending uni. And I spent probably 20, 30 hours a week with these girls. So on Monday and Tuesday, we'd have training and I'd help the coaches plan the sessions. On the Wednesday, we'd have game. And then, you know, on the Tuesday, I'd pick the team to play on Wednesday. And on Thursday, I'd write the match report up. And I'd check in on all the girls to make sure those was OK. Thursday evening, we'd do five-a-side And then the weekend, really, I'd be looking on to who we had the the next week. Or if we didn't have a game, organising a friendly. Um, We had a second team at the time, so organising their games or planning training for the next week. It was almost like having a full-time job Mm -hmm. in that kind of coaching. And I always used to say to some of the players who maybe hadn't played football for very long, come along to training like half an hour early and work on stuff. And I found myself like mentoring people and I thought to myself, I like this. Like, I could see myself going into coaching and I kind of, like I said, I was at uni just enjoying doing football and my degree was secondary and I wouldn't recommend anybody sort of do that. But I just didn't see myself pursuing law. There was nothing that drew me to the subject. I would dread my lectures. and mm-hmm. I just felt like I was letting everybody down because my family had these expectations of me, obviously, earning lots of money and when you tell people that you're studying law that's their first port of call yes
1: I I can imagine the transition was quite hard going from thinking your family thinking oh she's She's gonna
0: gonna be a lawyer she's gonna do law, and then to
1: kind of taking a such big leap and such Mm. big jump into setting up your own business and creating your own business from scratch from nothing and I can imagine that day this might have been a bit difficult so what kind of difficulties did you encounter with telling family and the way that you've set up your business
0: honestly like I dreaded family gatherings where like your bloody aunt Irene or whatever like (laughs) people that you never speak to would like they don't know anything about your life do you know what I mean like and I feel like I had more of a connection with my friends and my teammates because they knew what I was what was going on in my life every day. They knew that I didn't like my degree. Whereas when you talk to an aunt that you've not spoken to for like a year, it's just small talk. Like, oh, so have you applied for any like internships or any like summer? And I hadn't, and I dreaded going to family gatherings and them asking me questions about my degree, like what I wanted to do, what I wanted to specialise in. Because the answer was, I don't want to do this degree. It's mentally draining. I hate it. And the only reason I'm sticking around is because of the football guild. And, like, they'd probably be like, what the fuck? Like, you know, like, mm-hmm. are you okay type thing? Like, oh, you don't want to be – you can't make a living from football. Like, And, and that wasn't what I wanted to do. I, didn't, I knew I wasn't going to be – I've always been good at football, but I knew I weren't going to go off to America and become, like, a professional footballer. Yeah. But I liked the idea of bringing people together through sport and through exercise, and obviously that led me to thinking. I'd had thoughts about doing personal training. In my first year at uni, I considered dropping out, and I thought, I, I did go on Google and I did get in contact with a few people who then harassed me, texting me for like months afterwards, like we've got this course and I still get Origin texting me now to say <laughs> that I need to do this personal training course. And I'm like, well a bit late, pull from Origin because I've got my own business. Um, so I did look into it in my first year, but I'm not a person that likes to give up very easily. So I felt to myself, if I come to uni, I'm going to get this degree by hook or by crook. Mm-hmm. like I'm going to do it and it doesn't matter if I don't enjoy it at least I can say that I did and I think it's actually quite something for you to do a degree that you didn't enjoy oh yeah it's it's different for you being proud and saying I enjoyed the degree but I hated mine yeah and I just couldn't I couldn't see myself going into like I'd probably spill coffee over like important files or I'd like send the wrong court like papers to the wrong court like I couldn't see myself being a solicitor or, like, sitting down for long periods of time because so much of my childhood was, like, playing football in the parks and, like, riding my bike to the local park and, like, playing out until the the streetlights went off type thing. Like, so I just thought that the only reason I was – I sort of did full circle because, like I said, my early years were so full of sport and I've kind of gone back full circle. Apart from those four years where I didn't play football and I started doing academic stuff, I've gone back full circle. But I was almost ashamed and, like, embarrassed to tell people. Well, I was. I was embarrassed to tell people that i have left junior and I want to be a personal trainer because people would be like, what? Think mm. of the money that you could earn. Like, oh, you've done those three years and it's a waste. Like, I was worried about what people would think of me. And, like, you know, oh, she can't run a business, like, And that's why I thought I wasn't good enough to be a lawyer, because my personality has always very much been I've got 50 tabs in my head that are open. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you haven't clicked on any of them to close them. You've always got – and because I've always got so much going on in my brain, it can sometimes come across that I'm clumsy or I'm forgetful or I'm disorganised. So, again, I thought – can't be doing that if I want to go into law. Mm. But I thought that's what people would think of me, going, like starting my own business, like she's not going to last five minutes. Do you know what I mean? So I felt so much pressure to, you know, I was doing such a U-turn career-wise mm. that I've really got to make this work. Because if I don't, I'm going to have family members saying to me, you should have just stuck with law. Do you know so what I mean? Do you
1: think that people, um, that there is a pressure for people to, you know, hit certain jobs, make certain Um, have certain salaries Mm. and if they're not achieving that it does impact on mental health Um, and people staying in jobs that they don't particularly enjoy, do you think that is contributing to mental health
0: problems? 100% like obviously I'm really lucky that I wake up every morning and I get to do a job that I enjoy because Mm. I'm fully aware that there's not a lot of people that, that get to do that and that have that privilege and you know I'm super fortunate to in my job i network with a lot of different people from very different walks of life and a lot of them absolutely hate their job
1: mm-hmm.
0: and when you spend two hours a week with people in the gym and obviously i spend a lot more than two hours with my clients i have group chats i have facebook pages i text them every day you get to know people quite intimately and you know you when you hear like that people hate their jobs it it's really heartbreaking for me like it breaks my heart because when you do a job, you're there for like most of your waking day, like you go home in the evening and that's your downtime, but you spend most of your day doing a job that you don't like. Mm-hmm. And I think that could have been me. If I wasn't, if I didn't act on by what I knew I wanted to do, and if I let my family, I don't even think they influenced me really. Like I just think I was embarrassed to admit that I wanted to be a personal trainer. And I don't, I think I was naive in the beginning. I didn't realize how much of a commitment being a personal trainer is like it's not just going to the gym and like cleaning equipment and counting reps and then going home there's so much more to it and like I said I've always been in teams I've been driven by camaraderie in teams by community and that is something that I pride myself on in my business that it's a team and what goes along with that is lots and lots of hours until the early hours of the morning working on your laptop. You know, sorting challenges, organising events, doing programmes for people, doing these podcasts, researching recipes, researching tips on if someone comes to you with a problem, making mm-hmm. a whole post on it or making a whole slideshow or a Google Drive PowerPoint on it. Like, it's so much more than what people actually think it is as a job. Yeah, so how do you make time, like, for yourself away from the gym with all this? How it's, you... it's, really, it's really hard to, to do that, like, because even in my like relationship like I'm lucky because Ollie is very supportive of my business and you know he helps me do a lot of the content planning Uh, but it's hard to kind of switch off like and enjoy like a Saturday night or like enjoy like a, a date night like going for a meal because if my phone buzzes I check it like and if it's a client email like my clients I've always said to them from the beginning, like, I'm an open book, you can message me anytime And some of them, like, take it literally. Yeah, like, and
1: I think I've been I've been yeah. a, bit, a bit like that. If, if I've been struggling late yeah. at night and I've messaged you, and I know you've texted me back at midnight and stuff. Yeah. And, um, you know, and, and you don't think about you when it comes to it yeah. because you are kind of the source of everyone's yeah. collective problems, really. Everybody comes to yeah. you with all their issues and you're collecting them and you're trying to fix everybody. But I guess, you know, you must also struggle with... A bit of lack of motivation at some point and mm. everybody, all of the clients who struggle with lack of motivation come to you. Mm-hmm. How do you deal with it yourself if you're experienced kind of that lack of motivation or drive?
0: Um, I wouldn't say I think I'm at a stage now where I can separate my problems a little bit mm-hmm. um from clients' problems. And for me, There are days where I lack motivation to go to work. It's completely normal. And I think it's a common misconception with what I do. Jen's always motivated. She's always got bundles of energy because that's how I present myself. But Mm -hmm. that's not always the case. Like there are some days where I can't be bothered to go to work. And even though I love my job, let's normalize sometimes like not wanting to go to work. I think it's normal to have times where you don't want to go to work or you're not motivated. But I've always had a very, very... I think, disciplined personality. Like, when I was at university, I think keeping a routine can be quite difficult when you're faced with, like, nights out
1: mm-hmm.
0: and when you're, you know, you've got those hungover Thursdays because social socials, like, used to be on a Wednesday.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But I've never missed a Monday training in the gym for, like, six years. Like I just don't... I had... I'm quite OCD with, like... They used to do things. Mm-hmm. Um, Like, my, my gym days have always been... Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Friday, Saturday. And without Foul, even when I was at uni, I would not miss those days. Even if we had a match on a Wednesday. And I think having that discipline in that uh, in life, and obviously sometimes life gets in the way. Like I've had funerals on a Monday, I've just got up earlier and I've gone to the gym. Or I've had things on, I've just gone to the gym later. Mm -hmm. So I think when you've got that discipline when a client tells you things that are really personal to them, I just I can put it in a box and keep it separate from myself. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, Which is hard to do, isn't yeah. it? That's
0: about you know the building the resilience. It comes
1: back to you know your mental resilience, and that's actually really hard to do. Mm. Um, but also, I think how how do you feel in regards to like social media with other PTs, and do yeah. you feel
0: pressure from kind of other? I think I, I think PT is very toxic. Like okay. it's not a career. Where, like, for example, I gave a shout out to a PT a few months ago on social media because she's a new PT, and you know I've got a lot of empathy, like, for starting out PTs. She comes from she's a good egg, like right? she's got her head screwed on, and uh, there's a lot of PTs in the industry that aren't good at what they do, mm-hmm. and I think that there's PTs that are just PTs, and then there's business owners, so. What I do is I operate a business. So when you pay for my monthly service, you're not just paying for two hours in the gym. You're paying for all the recipes. You're paying for the demo videos. You're paying for the group chat. You're paying for the Wednesday wins. You're paying for the the meetups, the challenges. You're paying for everything. You're even paying for the Friday polls. Do you know what I mean? Because I I pay to use Canva every month. But there's some PTs that just go to work and go home. And I think there's a difference between working in your business which is turning up to work every day and working on your business, which is the behind the scenes stuff on the laptop. And like this girl was shocked that I gave her a shout out. And I was like, well, why can't PTs support other PTs? It's a career that is driven by one-upmanship mm-hmm. and trying to be better than other PTs. And, you know, there's a few PTs I've clashed with um, on Instagram because they think that, you know, the ideas they have are theirs and that they've like copyrighted them. And I'm like, you know, there's a limited amount of things that you can talk about and find yeah. content for, and providing that you stylize it, that it's individual, I think that's fine. Like, you don't own rights to that content type thing, but it is it is a very – and I've worked in a commercial gym. Um, at the moment, I'm at Planet Gym in Hull, but I used to work at the gym group in Beverly, and that was the first kind of proper job in a gym that I had. And for those of you that don't understand how it works, um, to PT in a gym, you have to pay gym rent every month. Um, But when you start out, obviously, if the gym rent's high, you might not earn that much in your first month of PTing. So if you just do gym rent, you might already be in debt the first month of work, if that makes sense. So what a lot of gyms do, like um, the gym group and Pure Gym, is that you do a set amount of hours a week you work for that gym and then you don't pay any rent, and then whatever money you make, you keep. But that is quite restrictive, because then what happens is that you're tied into doing 12 or 15 hours a week for that gym. In that time, you can't PT. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if you have to work 4 till 8 on a Tuesday night, 4 till 8 is a busy time where people want slots. It's after work, it's after school, and you can't PT. So I was finding it was, I, I couldn't grow my business. Like, yeah. It's a good starting point, and like I said, it's good for a PT, but it's not good for a business owner because you know when you're doing those twelve hours, you're essentially doing it for free. Yeah, you're not having to pay rent, but you're not you're not getting paid to do it. Like mm-hmm. and that's time that you can't PT, that you can't research, that you know you can't do programs for people, you can't grow your business and make it better. And I was starting to really hate my job,
1: mm-hmm. like when
0: I worked for this gym because. I was the only girl there as well uh, in in a very male-based environment, and I found that I was getting into trouble for things that other guys, PTs in the gym, could do and get away with, and there were no consequences. But the second that I did it, I would be penalised and I would be reprimanded, and I just thought that was really unfair. And I think I outgrew that gym because my schedule, just after the second lockdown, was doing my shift at that gym from, like, 7 till twelve. And then having some lunch and then having clients from, like, 12 till 5 and then doing my own session and then going to work in B&M, which was my second job, and then doing that from 7 till midnight. So I was working, like, 16-hour days and then getting, like, four hours sleep because I was getting in from B&M, sleeping at, like, 2 in the morning, Mm -hmm. and then having to get up at 6. It was just too much, and I thought, I'm going to have to – pick one of these things is gonna have to go. Whether it's B and M, whether it's doing these shifts, you know, it's not conducive to me being a business owner because I've got no time. All I'm doing is PTM in the gym. Mm -hmm. I'm not doing all the stuff behind the scenes. I'm not working on my Facebook page. This is before I had a Facebook page. And I look back and I think I had to take that step. But it was scary because having that gym rent covered each month is your comfort blanket. Mm -hmm. And now I'm in a position where I don't have to do any hours for my gym I don't have to do 12 hours so I have an extra 12 hours a week where I can do the programming and the research and believe me I need that mm-hmm. because these podcasts would not be possible I wouldn't have the time yeah so you know it was such a big step that I needed to take and I'm so much happier now where I can run my business and just pay Graham rent at the end of the month mm-hmm. and not do those hours so with
1: all the, the work you do, the long hours, mm. the you never really go, go home from work, I guess, because you then go home and start planning things and get people messaging you. Um, with financial difficulties, with yeah. all the issues that come together, how do you manage your mental health with it then? Because this must have some kind of impact on you.
0: Or does it? do you feel like you're resilient to it? Well, like I say, I've had struggles. Like in my third year of university, um, I went through a really bad breakup and it was probably the lowest I'd felt in a long time. Um, I think it was probably the lowest I'd felt since my grandparents died eight years ago. So, you know, I I did some sort of self-destructive things. I drank a lot. I sort of was quite reckless. I made the wrong decisions. And I just thought the nature of what had happened in my breakup, that I wasn't good enough and I lost a lot of confidence. And I think on the surface, people always think that I'm a confident person, but underneath it, I, I'm not a very confident person. I'm just good at appearing confident. Mm-hmm. Um, it's
1: that mask, isn't it? It's that mental yeah. health mask that you people yeah. people talk about
0: and put on and Yeah, and especially as a PT, like you have to be seen to be motivating yeah. and confident. You have to have this persona. And that's not always been the case. And I'll tell you a story. Um like the gym's always been a constant for me. But I'll, I'll tell you a little story. Like you know, when I've been low, it's been there for me. And I thought to myself, this must have been about 2017, 2018. I thought to myself, I'll make a little Instagram account, uh, and I didn't want anybody that I knew to find me. But like, I blocked friends at uni, teammates, people that I met at college, school, family members. I blocked everybody from seeing this account because I was like what are they going to think? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, what my form is probably shit. Like, this was back in the day where, like, I, I've i not always been good at the gym. Like, I've had to learn technique. It's built over time. So, like, this was at a time where I didn't really know how to write a structured program because I'd obviously not learned as much as I know now and not acquired that knowledge. So, you know, I was doing, like, cross-training a rowing machine and then doing weights, you know, whereas mm-hmm. I know now that you should do weights first. You should prioritize weights when your body's not fatigued. But I found this Instagram page really good to keep me accountable and to keep me disciplined, but I blocked everybody I knew. I I let random people follow me. Like, I didn't give a shit about random people following me. Like, I didn't care. And now it's actually the opposite. Now I don't care what my friends think of me, but I care about what random people think of me because I have to appeal. You know, you never know if a client clicks on your page. But the point is of this story is that now I've got clients that have set up their own fitness pages mm-hmm. and they kind of spoke to me about the anxiety that they had about how, what are people going to think? And I told them that story and they were shocked. They were like, no way, you have a fitness page. I think I called it like Jen Fury Fitness because I didn't want, Fury is my mum's maiden name. I didn't want the name Randall in case anybody found me. Even I blocked them. I was like, what if yeah. they create like another Instagram account and find me? So the confidence hasn't always been there. Right. And, when I started this business, I thought, I've got to create a... You've got to have an Instagram page now. It's like, you can't not to grow a business. Social media plays such an important part to your business. So, you know, it's so important. So I had to, in the end, just be like, I, I can't be caring what people mm-hmm. think. Yeah. And, you know, that's. it's not always... Been, there's been people in my life that have, have really not helped with my confidence. And obviously, that's something that we'll probably talk about in a minute. Mm-hmm. So
1: how would you find, like you know the balance as well like how would you balance your time um with the gym and all Mm. these hours and making time for yourself like if anyone else is struggling with like you know creating like a routine or like planning their time how what would you how would you like advise them
0: um again i would say it's about priorities so you have to kind of put things into boxes it's basically taking things one step at a time if you've got one problem Tackle that problem first before you start because chances are if you tackle that problem, it's going to help influence and affect positively your other problems. Mm -hmm. If you can solve one problem, that may impact another problem that you have and help you resolve that one. So it's about not overwhelming yourself and trying to just tackle one problem at a time because if you try to do everything at once, and I've had it in my business, I've tried to do 17 tasks at once Mm -hmm. and I can't. I have to finish one task before I can start another. And I would say the same thing to anybody that's struggling, to, to try to do one task at a time. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So how would you say you deal with, like, setbacks and, like, people knocking your confidence down? How would you – because you run your own business, mm-hmm. so you kind of – you're not on your own, you've got other people, but you yeah. are on your own in that sense. So yeah. how would you come back from a setback and how would you kind of build your confidence back after a
0: setback? Yeah. So the average lifespan of a PT is actually about two years. Um, That's a statistic that I got told when I did my course to become a personal trainer. And it was always something that stuck with me because I was like, two years, that's like nothing. Like, why do so many people fall off the wheel type thing? Mm -hmm. And um, I think I know the answer to this question now is because there's so many PTs. So you really have to stand out. And, you know, I like to think that I do because of all the stuff that I'm now able to do behind the scenes. But in my first year, I was a PT. I wasn't a business owner. And I can look back retrospectively now and admit that. I I, I was still learning. I'm still learning now, but I've learned a lot. I have a lot more knowledge now. So I was always thought people get lost in the system. You know, they become managers of gyms because they can't hack it as a PT. And, you know, they they can't take when you're first a PT, not knowing when you're going to get paid. at first that's amazing because you're getting all this money the first week but when you've got bills that go out on a set day each month, you're like fuck Like, what am I going to do? So I've worked hard to create a payday that goes out the last Friday of each month and every Mm -hmm. client pays me on the last Friday of each month because that novelty of not knowing when you get paid, it wears off but I was always concerned basically that I wouldn't hack it Mm -hmm. as a PT And, and like I said I've got this degree, I've got this pressure of having to make it otherwise my family are going to be like oh you shouldn't have bothered with all of this Mm -hmm. you know and like I said my personality trait has always been I've got five thousand tabs open so for me trying to make a business work and trying to run a business has always been a challenge I think and I remember when I joined whole city ladies there was a few of my teammates there was a few people in the team that used to make me feel like shit Mm-hmm. Um and they used to I used to turn up to training and mind my own business and I was pleasant to everybody, I was nice to everybody and they'd just make unnecessary comments mm-hmm. about my business, like right, or about my Instagram page, and which if you remember, that took me back to having that Gen Fury Fitness page that I was yeah. ashamed to share with people and it was the fact that I'd followed these people on Instagram, which to me was a massive step to let them see my business and mm-hmm. you know, and for them to stand there and take the piss out of it and, you know, it's all big Randall PT or all muscles or whatever and then just say things about my videos. It was, it made me think I'm not going to make it and I'm going to be like those PTs that just fall into the system and I didn't think I was going to be a success and the comments really got to me and there was a few people that, you know, teammates, a lot of teammates that I was close to noticed it was going on because it was continual. It was every single training session at one point in the summer And uh, obviously my close friends were aware of the situation and how it affected me. But there were even teammates that didn't know me that well that messaged me and was like, you know, I don't understand why you're sort of accepting this. You know, you Mm -hmm. should say something. But I thought I'm not going to say anything because they kind of might want that. They might want me to sort of rise and buy it. So I just thought I'm going to prove to them that I can run a business and, like, I am the gem that you see at football that, you know, might forget a coat at the end of a training mm-hmm. session or might wear a big purple coat and mismatching socks. Like, that's not an interpretation of how Jen, the businesswoman, runs and operates so, her
1: business. So you feel as a kind of your setback to yeah. actually being your drive as yeah. well to achieve what you want to achieve yeah. and to motivate you to move forward?
0: Yeah, because I feel like I've got a lot to prove, mm-hmm. not just for people like that, but to myself, like, yeah. that I can... Cause it's, it's, I think people underestimate like how hard it is to run a business. Like, it's especially I'm young, I'm 24, and I wasn't ever given like a leg up. Like, my parents weren't like, Oh, you're gonna run a business, here's two grand, like, mm-hmm. as you know, to start you off. I started it in a student overdraft with yeah. like minus 1972 pounds, like 28 pounds, but it was an overdraft, so it wasn't 28 pounds, you know what I mean? Yeah, and like, I worked hard. Every hour that you can imagine, like on my laptop or in the gym, and like I know what hard work is. Like, I'm from London, uh, quite a rough area. Like, I've not ever been handed anything on a plate, and I quite like that. That I can sort of look back and say that I I genuinely did start my business from scratch. I wasn't given a loan, I wasn't given anything from anyone. Mm -hmm. Like, it's actually all been me, and I think there's something really satisfying about that and like yeah. these people at football that have made me feel like shit they don't know that mm-hmm. and like I actually hope that they listen to this podcast and like understand like the the struggles that I've faced kind of to, to, get, to get to where I am today.
1: That's great I think you've you've summarized a lot but is there anything you think you know you'd give to other people who may be thinking about setting up their own business or may not know where to start yeah. what kind of advice would you give to those people
0: um I'd say if you're really passionate about something like we said at the beginning of this podcast there's a lot of people that work dead-end jobs that they hate mm-hmm. but they've got a passion for something it might be drawing it might be personal training it might be one of my clients recently Meg has started doing goalkeeper coaching and I'm so made up for her because it's so nice to actually see someone pursue a career that they enjoy she wants to start a business doing it
1: yeah, you know. So, that's so real
0: good. I'd say like if you've got a passion for something, there is always a business plan to make it work. So all you've got to do is believe in yourself. And if there are people that make you feel like shit, forget about them because they don't matter. Because the people that I help every day, they're what drive me forwards. You know, helping them and knowing that I'm not just helping one person. I'm helping lots of people. And there's even people that I've worked with in the past that. I don't currently still work with, but like we're still in touch because they know it's a community. It's not just about taking your money. And then when you leave, you never hear from me again. I've got ex clients that are still on my page. I'm happy to still give them access to my content and my services. Like, so if you've got a passion for something, add a business plan to it and believe in yourself because not enough people believe in themselves and they're stuck in getting jobs that they hate. And obviously that affects their mental health. So have a plan, and um, the worst that can happen is that it's not successful, but at least you can look back and say that you tried to do something that made you happy. So that's what I would give to anybody that wants to start a business. Yeah, I guess
1: that kind of drive and, um, like, determinism, determinism that you've had to start your own business has just been, it's been very brave. Mm. I mean, I don't think I would have, like, the mental um, kind of capability of worrying about whether where the next payment's coming from or where all this is coming from so I think I think you've been you know
0: incredibly brave starting your own business it's certainly not for the faint-hearted is it I think as well the take-home message that I want to tell to people is that it's easy to look at what I do and think that Jen's always positive she's always motivated um, and you know people might not know the full backstory of like my journey to kind of get to where I am now so I wanted to do this podcast to try and sort of inspire people that you know I'm just normal and I've come from a normal background and I've faced difficulties as well. Mm-hmm. I've faced, you know, mental health difficulties. I've had insecurities and anxieties about starting my own business. I've, I've been scared of what people think. Obviously, I've mentioned the Instagram page that I had blocking everybody from it. I've felt prejudices um, towards me and I might have been imagining it and I might have maybe... Thought it was more than what it was, if that makes sense. Like, I might have been so scared of what people think, and they might not have thought anything at all. But those faults are still there. And um, if you don't, it, you can let it consume you. You know, if if you don't let it go, it will consume you. So I hope this has kind of been insightful for people to listen to and, and realize that actually everyone's got a story to tell,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and you know, not everything's always sort of rose-tinted and and easy. Yeah, definitely.
1: And everyone does have a story to tell. So this is only episode one of the podcast. Yeah, I think there's quite a few more to come. Um, There's plenty of people that are really wanting to share their stories and how they've got like, overcome difficulties and everybody's story is so unique and so different. And I think that is also quite insightful because, you know, people have different stories and that's reality and that's life and no two people are the same and having everybody's difficulties it doesn't have to be everybody's depressed you know just like from starting today people have started businesses that's caused major anxiety and to like the other end of the spectrum where people may just not be able to find the motivation or drive to do anything Mm. um but yeah i hope you've enjoyed the first podcast and there are many
0: more to come yes thanks for watching watching. yes thank you thanks for listening thank you for listening (laughs)